Hello and welcome to episode 65 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. That is the same as last week because we just keep on losing and we are now historically bad in Bengals. Make, make it stop. Well, I, I can't, Nathan, really. Uh, my name is Paul Hirons. Welcome along. You're very good uh, to join us after all this horribleness. Uh, we're going to try and keep it uh, as fun as possible, as per usual. I know that every podcast, is every podcast, Bengals podcast that I listen to now, is kind of thanking everyone for sticking with them and uh, also saying that they're going to keep it uh, and fun and as light as possible. And one of these days, I'm going to not thank you at all. I'm going to say we're going to keep it really serious because I hope long-term listeners will know that we've always tried to keep it quite light and entertaining um but yeah there's no getting away from it really it's 0 and 11 after a 16 10 loss to the pittsburgh steelers and uh with me to share the pain and the laughs i think is the mince to my part that's a bit too early for that as well isn't it it's just nathan palmer everybody <laughs> i can't even fall back share on Christmas. the love paul mate come on share the love you know it's two men together in a nice zone <laughs> we're having a chat like what more would you want on a monday night well two men together sharing men. the love there's some warm in here as well <laughs> there you go it makes a change doesn't it uh i am drinking tonight i'm drinking a uh pathmaker ipa it's got oh, a picture of a right. man with a beard on and a lumberjack uh jacket I think they're going for the old hipster. And it says, uh, adventurous aromas of tropical fruits with a hint of grapefruit, oh, mango and lovely. pineapple leading the way before a spiky bitterness strikes on the palate. Oh, I tell you what, their copyright is not bad either, are they? Uh, well, yeah, except they're lying. It doesn't taste of anything like grapefruit <laughs> or mango or pineapple or any, any of that tropicalness. What a letdown. I'm actually drinking a glass of water. I had a very heavy weekend in uh, Kiev, Ukraine, so I'm... Just sort of coming back down a bit today. Yes, know, listeners, Nathan's gone on another one of his weekend bargain basement jaunts. Do you care to explain? £39 return flight to Kiev, out Friday afternoon. So let's just Sunday. go over this again. This is mm. what you do. You On on a, any given evening when you're out with some friends, yep. you'll say, where can we go next? And literally, literally in the pub, you will scour what? Let's have a look at some dates, you know, get on Skyscan, have a little feel for what, you know, what months yeah. of the year are looking cheap, weekends, you know, try and have a look at some places, run a few searches, have a look round, and invariably you come across some diamonds like this, £39 return to Kiev, long flight, three hours, Yeah, beautiful city, very yeah. cheap when you get there, very, very beautiful architecture, interesting place, the locals not too friendly, but <laughs> food was good. Fantastic weekend, honestly. And what time? When when did you go? I I went Friday this Friday three o'clock. Landed last night at half eleven. Wow. Got back home about one. Straight into work in the morning. Straight here tonight. <laughs> That's commitment. Well, hopefully our HR department's had a word with you about all these holidays that you're taking because you couldn't take any more time off, frankly. Um, well, welcome back uh, from another one of your jaunts. Me and you got to do a trip, son. I've been saying it for a while now. I think the fans would love it. I think, you know, we should, me and you, me and we, you we, should we, go like Latvia or like Russia. Imagine me and you in Russia. Can you Goodness imagine me and you in Russia? I think we'll get put, sent down for about <laughs> six months of being... Dressed up know. in our Bengals jerseys in Russia. I reckon it'd be a good trip. Cincinnati yeah. live from Moscow. From the uh, 
from the Red Square, the Kremlin. Yeah, exactly. Imagine that. Imagine get, that. Get Putin involved. <laughs> he loves the Bengals, apparently. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Anyway, come on. We've got to, we've got to get... We're <laughs> trying doesn't. to put off the inevitable, won't we? Yes, go on. But you didn't see the game last night. I, I've watched about 10, 15 minutes of highlights. Oh, you need to know. I was, I was following know. it from the airport. I, was, I ran out of data on the plane. It was just sitting there on the runway texting my wife back and forth um, up until the point the Steelers got there. Touchdown to go ahead and then landed to the news that, you know, what happened. Another but loss to the Steelers. We can't win against them. Shocking. Whoever they put out, we just cannot win against them. I think that's the, that's the brutal thing for me. Then. The fact that they're down to their third string. I think you said he was undrafted free agent. Duck Hodges. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, they've got no John Connor. They've got no Juju. They've got no Marquise Pouncey. They're on the road. And they still managed to roll us over. That's pretty. I think you said you said to me before we got on air. You said it broke you a little bit last night. It did. You know me. I try and stay positive throughout all this whole mess, and I try and look. Uh, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. But I don't know. I was really, really angry after last night's game. Yeah, yeah. Just because it was there for the taking. It they were there for. The, they were awful yeah. on offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They couldn't move well. They moved the ball on offense just enough. To win that game. And then, of course, it came down to our offense. Our defense played pretty well last night, I have to mm. say. Well, against. We got some nice push. We, I mean, Anna Rumi was showing some nice sort of delayed blitzes. A Lawson was creating some pressure consistently. Andrew Billings had a fantastic sack when he bull rushed the, uh, the reserve center. It's a fantastic play. Tupu was involved again. Uh, Carlos tipped a pass and they got an in- yeah, interception yeah. from that. Uh, you know, there was there was there was some. Gino had a good game without without racking up any big sort of sacks or TFLs, mm. but he was they were consistently collapsing that pocket. And Mason Rudolph was awful yeah, yeah. to the point where uh, Tomlin benched him, and old Duck came in and immediately <laughs> led his team down the the field for a touchdown. It's a good nickname, isn't it? Old Duck. Imagine old Duck. Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, duck is used over here as a as a as a phrase of. Uh, hey, up me duck. Yes, that's right. It's like a bit more northern, though, isn't it? You I think don't so, get any yeah. southerners saying anything like that. No, not really. Yeah, but anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, it kind of broke me, and it's the it's the weird thing, isn't it? Because you get a lot of people today going, "Oh well, we're still having eleven. That means we're two games oh, mate, yeah. uh, clear of getting the you know the the first pick in the draft." And I get that, but. Um, I don't know. I felt conflicted. I thought, you know, and the Bengals have been coming out and saying that they want to win games. Yeah. They want to win. They're not tanking. They're not. Taylor's been very, very uh, forthright in that in that message that you know it, it's it's not about sort of. It is built. Uh, they're obviously building for next season. Or else they wouldn't have played Ryan Finley. But it's they need to evaluate. But they need to win to carry some momentum into next year. But they, goodness me. So you had the, you've got this conflict going on. You want to win, but the problem is you're definitely not going to win games with Ryan Finley at quarterback. I can, I mean, I again, I'm happy to give him a run in the team, but he's had a run a run in the team and he's looked absolutely awful. Yeah, like worse than last week. I mean, he yeah, made a yeah. few good passes. One that spectacular catch. I mean, Tyler Boyd had a, had a good game. Tarnished. Quite a bit actually by yeah. that fumble because that would that could have set us up for the win there, couldn't it? At the end, well, they were driving. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could have been. They had they had one. Was on the, on the last drive they had. 
I can't. Maybe it was. I can't remember. I tried to block everything out now. But mm. um, he had a he had a hundred yard game yesterday, Tyler Boyd, yeah, including yeah. one fantastic catch where Finley chucked it down the field and he and he caught it unbelievably in very very tight coverage. And then and then he caught that touchdown pass and that was another fantastic catch. So Tyler had a really good game. He's um, pumped up after that as well, wasn't he? You see him like. Well, he was at his, I think there's a lot of frustration came out in that celebration. He spiked the ball. He, he looked absolutely pumped, Nagisa, straight into the front row of the crowd, which is good to see because you want. Do you know what I mean? This, that's the problem at the moment, isn't it? You want to see players really still having that raw emotion and, mm. do you know what I mean? Still really wanting to win games. Because none of them, not one person in that locker room. Um, he's going to want to, you know, he's going to be happy about the current situation. No one wants to be on an zero sixteen team. No one wants to lose at home against the Steelers. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, but they're not going to win any games. A friendly quarterback. They're really not. I hate to say it because you want to see him do well on a human level, but wow. I mean, there were some passes last night. That do you think three games as a rookie just you, you behind that O line with those weapons? I mean, I'm not in any way. I've watched three games of Finley. I'm by no means encouraged or you know have any reason to believe yeah. that he's a starter. But I do think it's a fairly horrendous situation to put anyone. Oh in, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But last night, I mean, there were some passes that it there was stuff that going on last night that wasn't anything to do with his offensive line or whether the receivers were free. There was one, two passes, I think, that he tried to throw outside of the numbers onto the side, you know, towards the sideline where they actually died on his target. Mm. I mean, they would, we're not talking like way downfield here. We're talking like intermediate passes where they just died and didn't, it like fell five yards short of his target. And that just cannot happen. Yeah. And then, of course, that very memorable Eric, Eric Alex Erickson got was wide open down the sideline and he decided to really step into the throw and chuck it downfield, threw it way out of bounds, like way over through him. If Erickson had got that, it would have been a, a clear-cut touchdown. It would have been like a 70, 60, 70 yarder, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, that's twice in two weeks that he's missed op- wide open receivers down the sideline. Um, he's, you know, he's... We, People told us his arm wasn't great, and I sort of believe it now. You've got because you have got a sample size, I think, to go on. Mm. Not a huge one, but a sample size. Um, you know, I don't know. What, what are you doing? So you're and his you're... ball secu- I must say, his ball yeah. security is worrying as well. Yeah. I know that he's got hit and some some really good hits, but you know. He's got to be better at ball security in the pocket. Uh, the last sack yesterday where Bud Dupree beat Cordy Glenn, uh, I looked at that again. I think I, you know, I wasn't ready to blame him for that sack because it was kind of blindside D. But there's uh, uh, on Twitter, uh, a few people were kind of saying, no, that's on, that's on Finley. And so I had another look at it today, and I think it probably was. He did hold on to the ball too long. He didn't get the ball out quickly, even though, you know, Perhaps there weren't receivers open, you know, but he's got to get that ball out quickly. Um, and he was throwing the ball behind people and just not quite on target. Um, but you're right, he's not helped by an offensive line. They did do better last night against a pretty pretty fierce uh, yeah, Steelers pass rush. Yeah, TJ Watt. TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, 
Uh, it's the receivers getting open as well. Auden Tate remarkably played after. Yeah, it's crazy. And it'd be off on a, one of those. I was shocked to see Straight out in an ambulance on a, absolutely. one of those boards. And then yeah. the next week he's suiting up. Fair play to the guys. He's a good toughness. Yeah, absolutely. And he had a couple of passes, uh, catches rather last night. But but I, I the other thing that I didn't help him, I hate to say it, was some of the play calling was real head scratching. I mean, we were backed up in, uh, you know, we had a 12-second drive at three and out yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was in the second half, and we were inside our own five. And you think, right, just rush it a few times to get a, uh, put a bit of breathing space between us and our own goal line. Uh, and they went split, I think, five wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just chucked it, and it just they just passed it on every down. Even though it was our running game, we needed to chew up some time on the clock. We needed to go on a bit of a long drive. And it's like, what, what, what you know. Chick Taylor's at a point where, because obviously, you know, before he came in, he's a young mind, offensive mind. He's supposed to be this sort of guru play calling. I think in the first week against Seattle, there was some interesting play calls in there. There's the flea flicker, there's a few other bits and pieces. And I wonder if at this point in the season, he's just overthinking it and he's second guessing himself and he's just trying to come up with some sort know. of concepts or he's he just given up on the game plan because I think there must become a point of desperation I mean he's been preaching this positive culture and the atmosphere and you know this that and the other and very much going into the season we were all very excited because the players were coming out and saying God his attention to detail is incredible AJ Green was you know really talking him up there was all this you know positive stuff or Marvin wasn't doing this Marvin was doing that this is a really sort of good thing and I just wonder if the injuries and stuff like that has just taken a bit of a toll on him and he's overthinking it or he's you know it's hard isn't it because he really is working with I mean with the greatest deal of respect to the Bengals players on offense he's working with some pretty it's basically a second string team well Cordy was back yesterday so that was good and he had a he had a actually for a guy who hasn't played in 11 weeks or so he had a pretty solid game yeah uh, Hopkins did a well. He got ball rushed a few times yesterday, but again, you're up against a really, really good team. Yeah, good yeah, yeah. On, defensive on defense, line. Yeah, yeah. Of this is this is the frustration. You know, they're they're saying they want to win, and yet they're probably going to start Finley next week. Although there's been no actual commitment to that yet. Um, and you've got this whole idea of I don't know. They've, I think they might have seen what they need. I mean, we've all seen what we need to see from Finley. I think. Um, I mean, he's, the, the way he's played, certainly in the last couple of weeks, he'd be struggling for backup, I have to say. But then again, you're the coach. You made that call on Dalton yourself. It's a big, bold call, as we said, but you made it yourself, and the, and the front office backed you. Now what are you going to do? Because I don't know if you pull out and and start Dalton again. I think it is. I think it actually. We've got a few questions about Dollar Gala last uh, in in our correspondence. Um, if you go back to Dalton, it's almost admitting that you made it. Well, or did you make a mistake? And perhaps they did, but I think because you still needed to see what Finley can do, right? Yeah, and he's not good enough. He's not good enough. Most probably not, no. I think it's 90% I think it's probably more than that in terms of the fan. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm by no means sticking up for Ryan Finley in terms of, you know, you saying, are. well, I just, I just think, you know, the, I, 
for a rookie, any rookie, to stick him in that situation, I think it, it's possibly, again, naivety from the coaching staff on 0-8 team to throw him in there behind a ton of injuries, yeah. very negative atmosphere and a, you know almost irreversible situation to throw him in there and say, show us more than you know Andy Dalton, an eight-year veteran who's sort of you know played around the league and really seriously expect to, him to come in there and be better than Dalton. I just think that's crazy to think that. I think, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, he, he hasn't looked good. Uh, he, I'm not saying he has looked good, but I'm saying that, you know, three starts in, you know, could he be with a better team around him in a year and a half, a decent callback? We don't know. It's just, I don't think you could put many like, rookies in there this season. No. I don't think you could put any of the guys. If you put Joe Burrow in there right now, threw him in there and said, right, here you go, here's your offensive line, here's your you know, your weapons on offense, no Ross, no Green, Mixon's all right, you've got him, you've got the worst line in the league, go on, son, have a go. You know, yeah, he'd probably be better than Finley, but he still would he still would be struggling mightily, I would say. Maybe, I think he would have had, a, you know, who knows, he would have had a shot at winning that game last night. I think, yeah. I think the thing is, a lot of people are saying Dalton would have won the game against the Raiders and against uh, the Steelers last night. I think that's impossible to say because let's not forget Andy Dunn was playing yeah, really I, I poorly agree, this I agree, year. I agree, I agree. Uh, he was throwing the ball behind his targets and not on target. Um, and Philly did make one really lovely throw yesterday to Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd found himself uh, covered by a linebacker, Devin Bush, and he escaped him. So it was a nice matchup. Lovely throw to to Boyd over the top of the linebacker down the left hand side. And but unfortunately, Bush caught up and made a great play on Tyler because he didn't wrap it up. Um, so he did make a few nice throws. And you look in the preseason. I know it's a completely different beast, but he was throwing the ball with more velocity than we ever thought he 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 could do. Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, he looked really good in the pocket. But of course, that was against second and third string um, pass rushes. But yeah, and you listen to Jay Morrison on the and uh, the Hear That podcast, Growling uh, podcast today. And he said, you know, Finley was the last person to leave that locker room. He still had his kind of kit on. He looked completely dazed. He looked completely on his own. He looked completely shell-shocked. And so if that's the case, it might be good for him if he's just given a bit of a breather. Because I wonder, you know, if Dalton comes back, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder the size of well do you know why do you you know do you know why it's probably beneficial for the Bengals to get Dalton back in Dalton's playing for a trade yes the Bengals are playing for a trade yeah I think if you give him the last five games and he comes in and he actually plays quite well and the Bengals win you know a couple of games that probably enhances his trade value a little bit going into next season because I don't think there's any chance the Bengals keep Dalton I think hilariously the only way they might even consider it is if they won three or four games and played themselves out of the race for, you know, Joe Burrow. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I think it's a very, I mean, you know, just to throw in the negativity, it's a very dark place we're in at the moment because I think it's it's so frustrating because as bad as it is when we're and 11 I really don't want to go and 16 no. I, I absolutely don't. If, if it was up to me, you know, we win five games, but then you've got that horrible conundrum now. Where it's like, well, if we win four of the last five or three of the last five and play yourself out of that first overall pick, Justin Herbert had a terrible game at the weekend and everyone's now writing him off saying he's probably not going to be good enough. 
You know, Tua's got the injury. So it's very much Joe Burrow's probably going number one. I know we've got a two-game gap between us and the Redskins, but it it's a, an almost impossible last five games. You know, you win a couple of games, you get Dalton That's back That's why in. I felt so conflicted last it's night. It's horrible, you isn't know. it? It's a really horrible position to be I was really in. angry because we had we had such a great chance to win last night and we just... Against the Steelers as well. Absolutely at home and we blew it. There's no getting around. We absolutely blew it. I was so pissed off last yeah, night. Well, especially with the Steelers are in that state as well. And then you read so many people going, oh yeah, I'm kind of glad that we lost because we're still yeah, in the I hate fight. that. Hate and it's it. like, I get it, I get it, but I can't, I just can't do that. I can't no, it's horrible, isn't it? celebrate a loss like that. No, it's horrible. Uh, and I know in the long term, perhaps, you know, that is right. You know, that we have to kind of not purposefully tank. Not, but not, not good. Do you not think it's not good for the game though? Do you not think the fact that we've got... I mean, I, I, there was some Twitter poll that went out a week or two ago about do you want the Bengals to win another game this season, something like that. And it was like 75% of people saying no. Mm. I just want the first overall pick. I just think yeah. for the game and the credibility of the game, the integrity but of I the do, game, I think, I think that, that's I do, really, really worrying. I think I still think that's a fan thing, though. It Nathan. is a fan thing, but that's that's the whole game, isn't it? If you've got fans of teams that literally... I mean, a lot of, a lot of people have been wishing this since about week five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think for the integrity of the game and the the fact that there's no fans there and they're not playing for anything, it's almost better if we lose. And I know that that but only I think applies that, to some sections of people. I don't know what, what else is a... I think it's it's a decent system that's lasted I know, for years, I, I but think, I don't I know do what the alternative I do think in the last couple is. of years, because it's really... Because stats have become so much more sort of sexy and everyone's got pro football focus now and the you know people are watching more and more college football... I think that it's sort of leading to people now, if you're not doing well, to be like, oh, we don't want to win. We want this player yeah, this player yeah. coming out. I just think, you know, the way the system is at the moment, it's a bit of a dangerous rhetoric because I, I find it right now really stressful because it's like if we if we win, like imagine if we win two or three games, you know, we go into the last game of the season against the Browns and a win plays us out of getting Joe Burrow and you beat the Browns and hilariously you're like well we've just gone and Joe Burrow turns out to be the new Tom Brady Peyton Manning but that, that's par for the course crazy, but you know it? you can still hit on a I mean we haven't but you, you know Tom Brady was the seventh rounder you know yeah um, no I know I know you've just got to draft a, I don't know um, to be honest before this weekend I would I was okay with three scenarios in the draft or you know I would be okay with Joe Burrow, or yeah. if it was Tua. It's not going to be Tua now, unfortunately for him. Um, I would be okay with Chase Young because I think he would make a real difference to the team. Yeah, I think he'd energise the veterans on our defence. I would also be okay with trading down and accruing some picks. Not a popular opinion, but I think that would be a really good way of getting more picks. And we get a bridge quarterback for next year. Uh, you know, we trade Andy away. We get we trade down from our potentially number one, two, or three pick, and uh, we start building the roster that way because there are so many holes on that roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after this weekend and seeing how poorly Ryan Finley played, I am now in the draft a quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah, camp. I would say almost two feet in there. Um, we just, like you say, we need someone to be that figurehead for the next 10 years, really. And uh, we could still sign someone like a, a Mariotta, who's a free agent next year, as a bridge. He's got NFL experience. Don't shout at me. I'm just playing no, out yeah, some no, scenarios. I agree, I agree, yeah. You know, we could we could still have that bridge quarterback. You know, you look at how Ryan Tannehill has kind of reinvented himself in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Tennessee and having a great season. 
you know, which is something that Paul Dana says is, it could well happen to Andy Dalton next year. The same sort of thing. He'll leave Cincinnati, a bad situation for him, go to a team, be re-energised. That's the, often the way it happens. I, I'd wish him the best as well, <coughs> Dalton. I really, really would. I think everybody I'd, does. I'd he's had a good his. run. In, he's had a good career and a good run mm. in Cincinnati. But we should say we've got lots of correspondence coming up from you guys. We're not going to talk about the game too much, even though we have for about 20 minutes. Just last thing, so Go on. What are you doing next week? Dalton. You're starting Dalton. Just on, on different levels. Not uh, fin- Dolagala, you know. No, no, no. Well, so. well, there's a question about uh, Jake Dolagala later. Okay. So. But yeah, I'm going back. I'm going to swallow my pride and I'm going to go back to Dalton because I think it might be actually uh, harmful for Ryan Finley in the long run. And also, I've seen all I need to see with Ryan Finley, yeah. even after three games. I never thought I'd say that, but it's just his arm strength was shocking yesterday. And his decision making was poor, uh, and his accuracy, which is something that we were led to believe was was his real strength, yeah, uh, just wasn't there yesterday. So okay. a real shame. But you know, you've got to try these things, I guess. But I, you know, I'd go back to Dawn. What about you? Yeah, I think I think I'd probably go back to Dawn. I think I think it's hard. And I, like I said, I've got some real real sympathy for Ryan Finley, but. I just think with Dolagala, it's like, you know, he's an undrafted free agent. Again, it's like you're putting him behind that line, those weapons. I just think, give him next preseason. There's no rush to evaluate him. I don't think realistically we're going to sit there and, you know, with four or five game sample of Dolagala, be like, yeah, he's our guy next year. We're not taking Burrow. I just think, you know, mm. at this point, for the sake of credibility, stick in Andy Dalton, give him a chance. Dalton will, if he plays the last five games, um, set the record for the Bengals' all-time touchdown passes, mm-hmm. which would be a nice touch for him that I think he'd deserve. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree with you, Dalton. Well, there we go. Um, I can smell cat poo. I think the cat's just done a poo in the room, just to let you know. Um, um we do have a special guest. I said last week we are going to have a special guest, and this week we do have a special guest, and uh, it's a good one. And now joining us on the line from Cincinnati is the man behind the Icky Shuffle. I can't believe I'm saying this. He was a hero of mine when I was growing up and watching the Bengals for the first time. It is Icky Woods. Icky Woods, are you there? I am here, sir. How are you? I'm really good, Icky. What a fantastic thing to be able to speak to you. Uh, thank you for coming on at such short notice, I must say, as well. So thank you very much. Oh, thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. Now, Icky, as I mentioned in, in your introduction, you had uh, an incredible career, really, when you think about it. I mean, I, as I say, I, I started supporting the Bengals in the mid-'80s, and uh, you came on the scene and really gave the team that last push that it needed to get over the, the top and get into the playoffs and then to the Super Bowl. Tell me, when you first came to Cincinnati in 1988, what, what were your first impressions of the team and, and Coach White and, and what the, the talent that was already there? Well, actually, I didn't know what they already had. I just knew that I was happy to be on the NFL team and... Wanted to do uh, anything I could to prove that I belong there because I couldn't do nothing my first three years in college. Ended up leaving the nation in Russia my senior year, and nobody really knew who I was. So I wanted to come to Cincinnati and make a name for myself. And it wasn't very long until you did because uh, you were used in this kind of one-two punch from the backfield 
with, with James Brooks. Uh, now, just describe, if, if if listeners in the UK were unfamiliar with your style of running, um, tell us a little bit about your, your kind of running style and, and how you made it all work. Well, my, my running style was a sort of a bruiser-type style. I ran the ball real hard. I would, I would run over you in the first half and then set you up to run around you in the second half. So uh, in the first half, I'm straight at you just trying to pull over. And so in the second half, when I came, got able to come through that hole again and you were bracing for a big hit, I just run around you. So, uh, so there was a little strategy to my running style, but we had a lot of fun. I had a great offensive line that year, great tight end. We had a great offensive side of the ball, Boomer Sison, uh, Anthony Munoz, Max Montoya, Rodney Holman, Tim McGee, Eddie Brown, James Brooks, you know, just a host of guys on that offensive side of the ball that just got us going. Um, at what you're absolutely right. What a fantastic offense that was. But what, at what point in the season did you think, hold on a minute, we can do something really special here? Was it was it after a game, a particular game, or a moment where you thought, hold on a minute, we're good. We've got a chance here to go to make a real run at this. No, I, I, you know, I was like I said, I was a rookie, so I my whole thing was trying to prove to people that I that that I belong there and you know we were winning ball games at the time and you know I, I really wasn't hip to uh to the NFL then so I, I didn't have any expectations of even making a playoff I just wanted to come out wanted to win games and I knew we would if we kept winning games keep winning games that we would eventually get to the playoffs which we did and I think the turning moment in our season was Against the Red Washington Redskins, the last game of the year, we were uh, fighting to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So uh, we end up uh, Chip Lowmiller end up uh, missing the field goal that would have won the game for him. We go into overtime, we get the ball and uh, drive the ball down to the three yard line and kick the game winning field goal. To get um, to get a home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and I think that that what that's what helped us get to the Super Bowl is because that year we did not lose a game at home. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> now I can't ask you about the old days. Forgive me straight away. I cannot ask you about the old days without talking about the shuffle, because obviously that's become your trademark. You just looked as though you were having the best time. The crowd really responded to, to you, and then the nation really responded to you. And I don't know if you know it, but other countries like us and the media in the UK and across Europe, they responded to you as well. And I'm sure, was that was the shuffle just a little something that you thought would be just be a little bit of fun and you weren't expecting that to catch on? I really wasn't expecting it to catch on. It was something that I did, and if you go back in in the uh, in the archives, you can see I only did it at home against for our fans. So it was something I just created for our fans to actually get them involved in the making a bunch of noise. So when the defense is out there, uh, the opposing offense can't can hear, and then when we got out there and made some big plays. You know, it, it, it felt good. You know, when I 
scored a touchdown and then run to the sideline and or just do the shuffle right there. People just went crazy for it. So it was a great thing. Icky, moving from the glory days to the current days, um, what what's your assessment of the Bengals this year? I and mean, obviously, it's it's not been the season we all hoped for. But what what do you think of the main issues on the team right now? Uh, I, I think their um, their offensive line for one is not too good. It's uh, we got a real bad offensive line, and we uh, can't control the line line of scrimmage and. You know as well as I do in football, you got to be able to control the line of scrimmage Absolutely. in order to give yourself a chance to win. And we haven't been able to do that on offensive or defense. Well, we, we play defenses playing decently. They're not playing as good as I thought they were going to be this year. But, you know, when your offense has, you know, seven to ten games, seven to ten three and outs during the course of a game, it's hard. It's hard to get that defense to rep. Absolutely, and I mean, Icky yourself as a running back, looking at um, the running backs on the Bengals roster, so Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard. What's your take on them? I mean, a lot of people around the league, you know, really rate Joe Mixon. Are you a big fan of his? Yeah, I think I think Joe Mixon's an excellent running back, man. I, I like the young kid. I wish they were getting some help on that offensive line, man. <laughs> I can just, you know, I can just imagine. The type of running back he would be if he had a offensive line that could open up some holes, man. And it's it's unfortunate that he's on the Bengals team where he has to deal with a mediocre line and and nobody blocking or they're uh, whiffing blocks and not getting to the guys they were supposed to get to to help him um, get some yards, man. It's just unfortunate for the young kid. I feel for him being on a team that. That really doesn't have a bona fide offensive lineman, man. It's it uh, it hurts to to watch you know the Bengals play now, man. You know I'm a diehard Bengals fan, but it just it just hurts me to see how they're playing. You know they played well against Pittsburgh, and then at the end of the game they just kind of just gave it up. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's been a rough year, man. But you know it's and I, I think it has a lot to do with coaching as well. You know we got a rookie coach who's never been a head coach. You know, we got offensive and defensive coordinators who's never been coordinators. So you got, you know, you got a lot of young uh, coaching talent, you know, not to to say the least. There's not a whole lot of experience there. And so it's going to take a little while if they give Zach a chance for him to get it going because I think he let, uh, you know, it, it's just, just not doing a great job right now. It's unfortunate uh, that, you know, it's, it's come to this. But, you know, we just got to hold our heads up high and hopefully you know, the guys can get a win before the end of the year. Um. Have you, you, you've obviously heard a lot of people who actually don't want the Bengals to win a game this year because they want to get the first uh, draft pick Next year, what you think winning is important? To win a couple of games, one or two or three games, is important for this team, right? I was just saying, there's a lot of people out there in, on the internet that are saying that uh, you know they actually want the Bengals to go 0 and 16 this year because they want to guarantee that first draft pick uh, in April. Uh, are you one of those people, or would you say that no, we need to no, win again? No, 
I'm not one of those people. I, I hate to wish Owen 16 on the team, man. You know, you gotta gotta find a way to win something. You gotta find a way to dig down and keep some pride about you yeah. and win a game. You know, it's uh, unfortunate that you know it has come to this, but you know now pride got to kick in, and you gotta yeah. get it done and, and, and win at least one game. You know, you got a couple opportunities left that could be potential wins for you and you know and that's uh, Miami and maybe one of the Cleveland one of those two Cleveland games we have left that would be nice we'll see, you know it's it's rough okay so I'm uh, just picture this in your head Icky um, I'm giving you a job as general manager for next season uh, GM Icky Woods how does that sound that sounds quite good I'd, I'd take that I think um <laughs> Uh, what are you doing first? How are you going to rebuild this team, and where are you going to go first? Well, first, first place you have to do is well, what you need to do. You, I don't think it could be done because you need to just change ownership altogether. But you know that's <laughs> that's not going to happen. So your next step is to get a um, well. You 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 have to go in the trenches, man. You got to get some good. It don't matter what quarterback you got back there. If you ain't got nobody up front to block for him. Yeah, I agree. So you got you to you you get an offensive line. Uh, but I don't think the Bengals are willing to spend money in that area. But they're going to have to. They're going to have to go out and get some guys that can block, whether it's free agency. Yeah. And I think that's probably where the bulk of their, uh, bulk of their focus should be, is going out and getting some some free agent offensive linemen to help get things changed around uh, here. Okay. Um, so just finally, Icky, now we know all about the injury that, that finished your playing career, but you've gone on to do amazing things. But again, you know, you had some heartbreak in your life when your son, Javante, passed away. And I know that um, you now run the Javante Woods Foundation. So would you just like to tell us a little bit like that about that? And also, if people want to kind of contribute or donate to the foundation, how do they do it? Uh, well, the, the foundation is called the Javante Woods Foundation, and that's spelled J-O-V-A-N-T-E Woods Foundation dot org is where you can go if you want to make some donations and help uh, help us raise money to fight this deadly disease called asthma. Mm -hmm. I lost him nine years ago to asthma. And so uh, we're out raising money for asthma research and asthma education. So we go out into the community and educate the people on how serious and severe asthma really is. Most people thinking is, if you take your medicine, you know, you'll be okay. And that's not the case because my son was doing everything he was supposed to do, taking his preventative medicine medication, taking his inhaler, and we just don't know what triggered the asthma attack. Mm. And and that's some things that we have to go out and kind of teach people is that you got to try to uh, adhere to the telltale signs and, and, and always make sure you carry your medicine with you and always, always be prepared. 
Well, well said, Icky. And if anyone wants to go there uh, and help Icky's foundation, you can uh, donate at JavonteWoodsFoundation.org. Icky, what a what a treat it is to talk to you. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. I know it's probably a bit surreal for you talking to, to a couple of guys in a room in in rainy old London town, about five thousand miles away. But thank you so much, and it does mean right. a lot to us to talk to someone like you. So thank you. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Give me a call and, you know, call me anytime, man. I'd love to, love to chat with oh, you. Oh, yeah, guys. we want you back on again, my man. We want you back on again. All right, brother. All right, I appreciate it. You take care. Drive safe. Thank you, Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. Right. Appreciate it. I will, brother. Have a good one. Thanks, Bye now. Bye-bye. So that was uh, unbelievable. I still have to pinch myself sometimes when, when we get people like Icky on. But that was Icky Woods. Um, lovely to get someone like Icky on a really good guy well it was delightful well. Nathan wasn't it it was lovely <laughs> explosive though Icky weren't he was, tell he, was, you. He, was he had his gloves he off his... the geezer oh, he had them off I said to him Icky you keep them on he took them off he took them off he pulled no punches did he I think he's he? got a lot of fair but I think what he said about the points he said about you know the rookie head coaches the rookie coordinators I think was spot on I think he made some really really good points about the offensive line and yes. you know needing to improve that for mixing and stuff so some really good insight actually thank you Nathan Oh, you mean Icky? Right, OK. <laughs> um, right, let's get on to the correspondence. That, yeah, Icky Woods. I've just spoken to Icky Woods. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he just spoke to Paul Hyros. Well, yeah, so I think that's... He's driving now. now. He's, yeah. he's, you know what I mean? He's, like, oh. he's going to ring his mate saying, you never guess who I spoke to <laughs> now. It's Mr. P. Hyrons. Mr. P. Hyrons himself. Exactly. Some weird Englishman. <laughs> Who phoned me? Kept phoning me up over the weekend, trying to get me to do this you got a good, fucking you podcast. What, though, you, you've got a good style on the interviews. I do like. I do, yeah, yeah. I do well, quite like. That's what I do for a living, man. So I, know, you I quite like so. sitting here, or listening, sort of taking some notes. You know, that's right. Very, very eloquent. Learn from the mouse. No, that's so <laughs> uh, arrogant, isn't it? No, I enjoy it. What can I say? It's not uh, again. You know, if you get someone like Icky on, you want to do a good job, right? You know. So. I think what we've also got to be thinking about is obviously you're reaching a riper old age now. And at some point, <laughs> there's got to be a succession plan where I take the reins. Well, I was going to get a Hugh Jackson in, to be honest with you, but <laughs> we uh, get a sort of young gun in to like give them breathe some. Well, that life counts into you out, then, doesn't it? <laughs> no, but I'll take your job as a sort of seasoned veteran that leads. Seasoned it. veteran, and then we need a young gun to replace. I don't know me. if I like seasoned veteran. So, yeah, so no, I'll go for that. The deadline. Yeah, so like, we need like a young sort of like up and coming like eighteen year old Bengals fan that in like four years when you've reached your end. Yeah, we need someone to mould. So it's someone that's like in their early twenties, it's passionate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We're, we're, well, how are we going to find them this season? Out. We're not going to do it this season, are we? <laughs> uh, anyway, great to speak to Icky. Thank you so much to him. Uh, let's get to you, um, lot out there, almost as important and as brilliant as Icky Woods. Uh, lovely listeners, and thank you once again for. Uh, corresponding with us and you can do that in the future by tweeting us at today underscore uk and getting in touch with us on facebook uh, uh what are we yes bengals uk on facebook um have we got any notices well it's the first of december on sunday unbelievably the countdown to christmas we'll be planning we are planning our uh christmas episode and if it was anything like last year it was it should be really good fun uh, and we're also going to be doing an advent calendar again uh, from Sunday. So watch out for uh, a motley crew of 24 uh, little videos posted each day throughout December. But in the meantime, there's lots of angry correspondence to get to. <laughs> it's turning from like correspondence, just like most of it, just pure rage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> it's like venting channel. Yeah. 
Donny at Ippy Don. First time oh, caller. First time caller. Yeah. Uh, how many more games until we have a look at Dollar Gala at QB? Like I said, I think with Dollar Gala, you just got to give him next preseason. I think it's a huge ask for him in a very, very difficult situation that I wouldn't want to put on him. I just, mm. I don't think you're going to see a lot. He's really got even don't. less reps in practice than, I mean, he than wouldn't even, Finley. He wouldn't even be. I mean, the only reason people were excited about Finley is because Finley had an unbelievable preseason. Dollar Gala had one game where he looked okay against third stringers. Good arm on him. Good armor. I think he's. Yeah. A, he think he's a project, really. Yeah, I give him next preseason. Maybe give him a shot at winning the backup job. But I think yeah. at this stage, it's probably not worth it. Martin at Dorset Bengal, worried about old burrow tweets surfacing. Now, I haven't seen these, but you have, so tell me what's going on with them. Yeah, it's some stuff that's like, and I feel like it's a bit harsh for people now, and it, like the social media age sort of digging up their stuff from when they're a teenager and yeah, stuff. Yeah, people went back and saw your tweets from well, three or four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe Burrows, this sort of, there was a, sort of ever so slight degree of sort of racism to them. Right, it was allegedly. Sort of, yeah, it, it, it's sort of um, stuff about foreigners in the NBA oh and just, dear. just you know, I can't remember all of it. It was just pretty sort of immature stuff. I think you'd look back on now and be like, Ugh. but it's sort of, I guess if you're drafting a franchise quarterback, those questions are going to have to come up and you're going to have to answer to them. Yeah. You know, if you're going to earn the big bucks, you've got to answer the big it's culture nation, Nathan. Culture. It is. And you want someone as a franchise quarterback and as a leader of your franchise. I mean, we've had you know, the benefit of someone as quality as Andy Dalton mm. from a personal standpoint for a, a number of years now. So, you know, obviously you want the talent, but you want to make sure his character checks out. He's a good guy. Um, but yeah, have a look at them. I will, Nathan. Have a look at them. I will, <laughs> maybe if I can be bothered. Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Shout out to our Pro Bowl punter Kevin Huber. Are you getting nervous, gents? Um, indeed, a big shout out to uh, Kev because again yesterday he had another couple of really good punts that mm. like landed him within like the. F- five yard line he's having a good season yeah he is I, I, I we might maybe Brandon Wilson or him but I, if we go in 16 I'd be shocked if we got any pro bowlers no matter how well they played and to be frank I don't think the players themselves don't have any complaints you just want, don't want to take your clothes if you, off if you are, <laughs> I don't want you to take them off <laughs> <laughs> okay Odat at DZE I agree that was for the taking the squealers were bad but they're not as bad as us your record reflects the quality of your team, and they're six and five, whereas we are zero and eleven. The world would agree they have a piss poor QB, but Tomlin was decisive by hooking Rudolph. What is our culture? Our plan? Don't answer that yet, because Nicholas Johnson, I remember who did a musical session for us. Hello, Nick, uh, at drums and guitar. Question about coaching. Outside of the record, results, growing pains. What do you glean from Zach Taylor's style or scheme, like? Outside of dealing with current roster, what do you think he ideally wants to do? Any positives from a coaching standpoint? And then there's another one, Martin Calladine at Ugly Game. Who do you want as Joe Bro's head coach next season? An experienced coach like Mike McCarthy or a talented OC like Eric Bienemy? Martin's not a fan of Zach Taylor. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you're right, we were promised lots of innovation and funky new offensive stuff and lots of excitement. And I haven't seen it. There's been a few head-scratching moments. I like Zach Taylor as a person. I like the way he handles himself. I think he's been really amazing, actually, in this losing run in press conferences and whatnot, and the way he's kept so positive. And he is a positive guy. But, you know, you look at him 
and Brian, is it Brian or Bill? It's Brian, isn't it? I can't, yeah. I can't remember that anymore. Brian Callahan it upstairs in the box. Um, they they haven't shown us much, I have to say. But then again, you I guess they would mitigate that by saying that they just haven't had the personnel to do what they want to do. Yeah. So the, the the answer to that question is, I don't know. I think they do have a plan. They must do going forward. I think Zach uses the word culture. I think he overuses it. Yeah. It's become a bit of a, a millstone around his neck at the moment. Um, however, I'm sure he has an offensive plan. I'm sure they have a style of play they want to 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 kind of stamp on the team. But I just don't think they've had the personnel half the time this year. No, I agree. I, I think at the moment it's like a you know like a big ship that's got a million holes in it, and you're wondering which one's causing it to sink. And I think you know there is so much wrong with the team from injuries to you know bad drafting in the last couple of years to the lack of free agent signings to the inexperienced coaching. And I think. Looking at it, it's very, very hard to pinpoint which is the real problem. Is Taylor just a guy that's inherited a fairly bad roster, been blessed with some terrible injuries and a bit of bad luck? Or, you know, is he, is it the coordinators that are the problem? They're both first-time coordinators. You know, is he the problem because he's calling the plays on offense? Is he the problem because he's not motivating the players enough? I mean, it is... I, I really do think there are a plethora yes. of problems on this team at the moment. And, you know, he's the head coach. The buck sort of rests with him at a time. You know, I'm not saying that we should change him in the off-season yet. But I think if we go in 16, there's got to be some very serious questions asked. I think, like I said last week and the week before... I'm not seeing any improvement. I think last week was... Well, you are on defence. You are on defence. Yeah, possibly on defence. I have to say you are on defence. And you've got a couple of players back. And you are in the run game. Yeah, I guess so. You're just not at the quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, in the NFL's a lot. There's a lot going on every week. There's always going to be some positive to take if it's a receiver, a running back, Mm. a defensive player, a turnover... But I think on the whole, it's been poor. It's not been great watching. Like you said, there's not been as much innovation as we thought there would be. Um, a lot of head-scratching moments. So I, I think it is hard. And I think going forward to next season, the coaches all got a year's experience under their belt. But, you know, are the, are the fans happy to stick with them? You, you, it's tough, isn't it? Well, I, I, the, I, I would, how patient I, are the ownership? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the ownership is patient almost to a fault, I think. Um, they've never seen anything as bad as 0-16. Well, no, that is true. Especially even Dave not, Shuler years, you know. And especially not on a team that in their mind going into the season thought might was challenge. a rebuild. They thought it was a team that could challenge this mm. year, which I think really weighs quite heavily. Yes, uh, I still want to see this team with Zach Skies in, I think. I think. I think he needs to have a good draft and I think he needs to get some of his guys in. Free agency, you know, whatever. So, well, I, I'd give him another year for sure. But if you look look at his, I mean, I know it's hard with the draft this year, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, first round pick uh, mm. Jonah Williams injured. Drew Sample is that one of his guys? Because if it is, that's a maybe. You know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see. I think you know, the Drew Sample pick is uh, unfortunately he's injured, so we don't get to see him much now yeah. for the rest of the season. But um, that that pick's looking more and more dodge, isn't it? Really. Um, I think Taylor's seat, as weeks go by, is getting warmer and warmer. Oh yeah, I really no, I do. agree, and it, and I think he would expect that. If mm. I think anybody would, if they're going to go out in sixteen, which there's a real possibility. Oh dear, uh, Martin Caladine, ugly game. Have I said that? Who? Yes, yeah. uh, fallen garbs at. F- I I wouldn't mind Mike McCarthy actually as a coach. 
Just is that what he's asked? Or? Would you prefer an experienced coach like oh, Mike right. McCarthy or a talented OC like Eric Bieniemy? I'd rather an experienced head coach. I okay. really, really would. Fallen Garbs at Fallen underscore Garbs. Uh, first time caller, I think. Uh, Taylor will turn it around. Here's a, here's a, here's a tweet go, to like, counter like that. The, that, all that. Taylor will turn it around. His attitude is tremendous considering what's gone on this season. I do agree with that. His attitude is fantastic. Um, so, so good. Well done, Zach. <laughs> oh, fair play. Jamie, uh, and thank you, Fallen Garbs. Um, Jamie at Trekwart Beast. Um, I rather perversely enjoyed not being able to watch the Bengals yesterday. It really shouldn't be that way. The Taylor regime has sunk us to our lowest level. His press conference criticising fans is unacceptable. His position is untenable. The Nigel Adkins, uh, sorry, the American Nigel Adkins. See, I, I didn't understand what he was talking about there, but someone quoted a thing saying that, you know, um, you know, the fans have every right to be, you know, no, being negative is easy and being negative is fun. But I watched that press conference. I didn't pick up any criticism of fans. No, I didn't, I didn't think he was just sort of saying, yeah, look, yeah. I, I get it. You know, yeah, fans, yeah. Are, fans are unhappy, you know, and it's fun to be negative and it's fun. De- definitely there was no I, criticism of no, fans I, there I, at I all. Anyway, Jamie on by saying, turning to the happy subject, anything that isn't Bengals football, what is your favourite thing about winter? Ooh. <coughs> nice pub. Nice drink in a pub, a in roaring the cold. fire. Yeah, a bit of fire. Like there's that sort of festive spirit, isn't there, around sort of Christmas time when everyone's in yeah. the pub, everyone's feeling a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's in a good mood. I like that time of year. It's really nice. Sort of the first two or three weeks of December. Mm, yeah, me too. I love winter. Actually, it's my favorite. Well, yeah, I enjoy it very much. Um, I like. Uh, I like you. Like. Um, a Yule log as well. I love a Yule log. <laughs> I do like pubs in the winter, and I do like warm booze drinks in the winter, like a mulled wine or a mulled cider. Look, you're showing your age there, I think. Why? That's a bit of an old thing, isn't it? It's not. Have you not... Have you not... Not, not a big fan of them, to be honest. Oh, they're fantastic, man. Yeah. And then, you know, the sparkly lights outside. Yeah. The the cold as you... Well, you walk out of a, a warm pub out into the cold, and it stings your cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to huddle up all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the darkness, oh, yeah. the, the smell of bonfires. Mate, you're selling it to me. Oh, I'm down. And then, like, really amazing stodgy food. <laughs> <laughs> None of this light nonsense, like, really, like, a whole sack of potatoes, <laughs> 14 parsnips, and a nut Three roast. Three French hens. Yeah, no, it's going down that route, isn't it? Um, and Jamie's got another supplemental question. Is Ryan Finley the least talented QB you've ever seen? Yeah, Bengals QB you've ever seen if not who I'd say Gus Farrot runs him close uh, yes yeah Palmer. I mean Akili Smith was a nightmare from start to finish but that was Jordan Palmer was quite bad when he was here yeah but not I don't know yeah, I, I think I think Farrot edges it I have to say yeah but there we go poor old Ryan come into this league and he thinks this is my big chance <laughs> and he's absolutely I hope he proves this all wrong. He won't. Uh, Simon Hunter at Simon Hunter underscore. Well, welcome back, Simon. You've been quiet. Can you look into the rules of the supplemental draft and whether or not if Tua went into it, we could get him and Chase Young? 
Well, I'm they, sure we could. I, I think I read the other day on Twitter that um, one of the NFL analysts came out and said they really felt quite strongly that he was still a first round pick and that a lot of teams viewed him as that. I think He's got he enough tape. To I think that. he will be. The way they're talking about his injury now is very much sort of like, you know, from the Bo Jackson days that, you know, it, things have moved on. It's a slightly different injury in terms of yeah. they've identified it immediately and operating on it. He's not playing on it. I think that he will be a first round pick. I'm going to go out there and say he's going to be a top 10 pick. Interesting. I think if they, if doctors clear him, team doctors clear him, and you're going purely on his talent and you don't think there's any reason that it's chronic, yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't be in the top 10 or top 5. Because he was a very, very highly rated mm. talent. And I think if, if he can show, I mean, they're saying he might be able to start throwing in the spring again. Mm. I think teams will be sitting there saying this guy was the perennial sort of number one guy. His stats speak for themselves. Yeah. He's mobile. He's like a prototype Russell Wilson. I, I think a team will take a gamble on him. I really, really think they will. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Martin Greer and Martin Greer 73. Shout out to Auden Tate playing after last week's horrible injury. Uh, absolutely right 100%. for that. Bernard, Eifert and Uzama still seem to be uh, chronically underused in the passing game. I agree. Just got to get a quarterback who can actually throw them the ball now. Oh, That'd be you nice. go for Ryan Finley. You go, you get, go get the knife out and just finish him off. <laughs> Richard at Always Open 85. So now we have a nice two-game buffer for the number one pick. What team on the schedule would you like to most have a win against. I'm thinking Browns on the last game of the season at home. Nice way to end a crapper of a season and the lasting memory of a win-ending season. Absolutely. I want to wipe the smile from Bacon Mayfield's mustachio face. Smash the Browns last game of the season. (laughs) Hopefully the Browns are in the playoff contention. We knock them out. Don't go in 16. Still got the number one pick. Me and you, happy as Larry. Uh, is it too much to think that the players who know they are worth keeping around here might actually be as excited by the idea of Burrow coming in as the sensible fans are? Uh, I see, Richard, I mean, you say sensible fans, but I'm not not really thinking about stuff like a quarterback at the moment. I'm really not. Mm. Um, I mean, they are like you. I so Who knows? I mean, I think they're... Um, who knows? It's in a very, very, like, sort of weird state at the moment for the Bengals in sort of a transitional period but it's not I don't think any player on that roster going into <coughs> next season will 100% think they'll be in Cincinnati next year I think they could be I, th- real... I think they're more worried for playing for their places exactly actually. I think there's real worry I think if it's if it's there, there could be a new coach there could be some shock cuts you know I really don't think going into next season that any one player will think they're guaranteed to be there so I don't think they're going to be too concerned about if they take Burrow or what he's going to look like I think they're either fighting for their jobs now or potentially looking auditioning for jobs elsewhere Mike Smith at solid underscore handle solid handle what was it like for Paul to grow up with the Peaky Blinders um I'm not from Birmingham Mike you should know that by now um close to Birmingham no close close Birmingham Birmingham. Birmingham. The money. Uh, so I wouldn't know, Mike. I'm not a Peaky Blinder. Yeah. <laughs> I never watched Peaky Blinders, so I can't really input. Yeah, I don't think it's as good as everyone thinks it is. To no? Be yeah, it's, it's good, but it's not great. Controversial take on this podcast. Mm, hot take. Hot Peaky Blinders take. Uh, more style than substance, I would say. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ryan Finley is not the answer. To carry on playing him tells the veterans that this is now a tank job and he risks the lo- and he risks losing the locker room. Should ZT make the peace with Dalton and get him back in the team now? Who's saying that? Mike's saying yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Is he? 
And I think we've already agreed. Yeah, he's possibly right. I don't know if it's losing the locker room. I think the people, I think the players inside the locker room will have great respect for Ryan Finn as a rookie going in there. They're not yes. expect a lot from him, but. I, uh, yeah, I think it's hard now for Taylor and own 11 team to motivate him anyway, yeah. regardless of who he's playing. I think, if anything, it almost makes him look, you know, weak by going back mm. to Dalton, sort of flip Well, that's it, isn't That's the problem. I, you, I think he's in a You'd no hope that Taylor situation. would swallow his pride and say, look, I made a mistake. We need to, If we want to win and get some momentum, the best chance is, is starting Dalton again. And he's got to swallow his pride if he's going to do that, and I hope he does. Uh, Tom McDowell at Wagat Dub DD. Having seen Bigfoot in the crowd last night, if you were to wear a superfan costume to a game, what would you choose? I'd go Dick Dastardly, but in orange. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love Dick Dastardly. I thought it was quality back in the day. Would you be out catching pigeons? Yeah, but I loved him. I, I'd be straight out there. You could be Muttley. Okay then. Um, Who are you going as, son? Well, I thought uh, I know Jeremy took a, Jeremy Conley, Captain Obvious, took a very keen interest in this uh, question, and um, so I would go and stand next to Jeremy, Captain Obvious, and be his nemesis, basically. Oh, I like that. I, I would be Captain Obscure, <laughs> and I would dress exactly the same as him, but in black. Ooh. So it'd be like, you know, when Superman 3 had like a good Superman and a bad Superman. I like I like where this is going. He's, he's far more attractive than I am. Um, but uh, you're supposed to say no. No, you're not. He's not. Oh, it's a close battle, you and him. What? <laughs> You've got the more chiselled jawline. Oh, shush. He's got the more <laughs> lustrous beard. He's got a height on you. That's the only thing. Yes, that's right. But you've got, uh, you've got the muscle, though. <laughs> uh, keep going. Oh, yes. But no, so that's what I do. If not, I would probably dye my pubic hair orange and black and just just go like in a little mankini. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? That, that's, oh. certainly, that's certainly live in things at Football Brown <laughs> Stadium, wouldn't it? It would. I'd be the only one there, to be honest. But uh, Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. Paul, talk to me about rum. I can't really drink it because it messes me up, but I am interested in your thoughts. Good question. I like that. Now, Richard, uh, Richard, Richard, Richard. Um, I like, you know, I'm not a huge beer drinker. I can't. I, I find that I can't drink a lot of it. Right? Um, I'm not buying that. Every time, <coughs> I'm, every time I'm here, you're guzzling them down. And yeah, like, like, like Coca-Cola size cans, like two. Yeah, but like, last week we went out and had a couple. The week before couple. we had about three, I think. Like you're an animal, mate. I'm not an animal, <laughs> but I've, I have found a few drinks that I can drink a lot more of, and that's red wine. And rum, bizarrely. Um, and I just kind of like rum because it's kind of a spirit that mixes well. So I, w- I would definitely guarantee, uh, kind of recommend a cheeky, dark and stormy. I'm going I'm to a nice dark rum like a Kraken or a Duppy Share, which is my favourite rum, I think. Oof. Which is like really smooth on its own, actually. I never used to be a spirit person, but um, I really like Duppy Share. It's just like really easy to drink. Uh, and then just have like uh, some ginger beer in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really great. It's really great. And uh, so if you're going to start off, I'd definitely start off on. Uh, I went to. Uh, here's another Paul by the fireside story. It's not really it's tales from the crypt. Yeah. Um, I went. To, I went on holiday to Cornwall a couple of years ago. I heard that there was a pub that because it's down in Penzance and pirates and all that nonsense down there. All those, you know, that stuff. Um, 
and there was a pub that specialised in rum. It was like a rum shack or something <laughs> like that. So I went, and pretty much there were some beers on tap, but in, entire sort of shelves were just rum. And I thought, great. And I I didn't drink my way through them all because that would have been, frankly, suicide uh, and alcohol poisoning. But I got through about six of them, and then I realised I was a bit a bit drunk. And then I think the barman saw that I was a bit drunk and I was willing to spend more money. So he said, why don't you try this aged Venezuelan rum? <laughs> oh, get that. And I was like, yeah, let's have a bit of that. And it cost <laughs> about eight, nine quid a shot, you know, like. A, so we had four of them, aged obviously. Aged Venezuelan rum. And that was like really nice. It was like almost drinking like liquid. It was just so smooth. And then mm. at the end of it, I couldn't walk. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the barman saw me coming. But yeah, um, if you want a rum that kind of tastes like liquid cake, I would go for Kraken. It's got that sweet, spiced sort of flavour. Whereas Captain uh, Sailor Jerry, rather, and the Captain Morgan. Sailor stuff. Jerry's so sweet, isn't it? Yeah, and it's so, so strong and it's it's sort of spicing. And it, I used to drink Sailor Jerry and Cokes at uni. They're like £2 in Weatherspoons. Wow. Well, uh, so there you go. Uh, we have got another couple of questions to go. Killian at Malloy underscore zero zero. Give Finley another week. If there doesn't appear to be anything else to his game, throw in Dolagala, presuming they'll want to see what they've got in him too. On a positive note, number one pick cer- nearly certain with the Redskins win. Strange time to be a Bengals fan. I think he's bang on with a strange time to be a Bengals fan. And I, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't be opposed to giving, I wouldn't be opposed to giving Finley another week. I think he's probably suicide, but like Yeah, he might as well bugger it now, right? Yeah. Caesar's gone, long, long gone. Uh, and Dave Cass, another tough week to be a Bengals fan on the positive side. We were in the mix for much of the game and could have Come away with a desperately needed win. In the cold light of day, however, we lost at home to a badly beaten up Steelers team. Uh, I agree, Dave. Um, And finally tonight, uh, with Black Friday swiftly approaching, says Andrew Dockerell at Dockers77, what Bengals players are you putting on fire sale? Um, BW Webb. Don't you dare. I've turned. Don't you dare. You can't be. You can't. He had a shocker yesterday. He did have a shocker. He did. He was on skates when he had a geezer. He was. But don't um, you be saying this though. Like two consecutive PI calls. If you want to say, dodgy, if you want to say stuff like this, you say it to his face. <laughs> don't you be sitting on here talking about him. You know, to, give him a ring in a minute. All right. You, you two got a special relationship, and you don't want to be slagging him off on air. Uh, it's a good question, really. I feel this might be a question like a week too late or two after the coach. Uh, the 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 trade deadline. I know what you mean, Andrew. Um, are you are you thinking just sort of on this line, Dunlap and Gino Atkins? Of you know, are they for sale? Are you selling Cordy Glenn? Probably think, for sale, isn't he? I think Dre's for sale. I think Andy's obviously for sale. I think uh, Cordy might be, although. Yeah, yeah, if Glenn Cordy. was willing to play next year, you'd probably just keep him, wouldn't you? Exactly, because he's still he's still a good player. But and you just... look at his interview in the locker room; he's full of beans. Well, as full as be- full of beans as Cordy Glenn can, can be, you know, because he's quite a chilled character. Um, I don't know, AJ what about Green, Nixon? maybe, but no, I, I think they like Mixon. I think I think you know he's our one. I mean, 
It's a bit, why are you? The thing is, like, <coughs> the thing is, is you just create. Like, like, if you said got rid of Mixon, you wouldn't even get probably a second round pick for him for a running back. It's unlikely. You might if you were lucky. And like, what are you going to do with that? Then just take a punt on another running. Well, back? Well, exactly. Yeah, like, you're just yeah. creating more holes for yourself on the basis. At least you know you've got a good player there. Are you? I think uh, Eifert might be up for sale. Actually, he won't get much for him now, would you? But still, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Luana Rumu. Yeah. Uh, Mike Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you can probably name a good sort of fifteen players that would be good in terms, good to get rid of in terms of cap hits and form wise. And I do I think, think Trey Carlos. You know, there's an argument for Gino. You know, that's what I mean about like the whole <clears throat> vigil. Like, there's yeah, there's like, although he has it, played better the last couple of games. Is anyone safe going to this offseason? Because it could be, and that's why Ike is right. You know, yeah. people will want to play for pride, but also their places as well. Uh, as I say, the defense is playing uh, a bit better, so we'll see. But yeah, I think I think AJ AJ Green is the most interesting. Uh, story potentially the most interesting storyline, and who'd have thought that after after Dalton being benched? You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen to AJ. I really don't. Do, do you know AJ Green? Just saying, I want to say on that. Go I on. think the Bengals yes. are, have handled the situation poorly in terms of communication. Yeah, but that's their style, isn't it? But really? it's just like because Jeff Hobson came out the other day with an article saying that it was something to do with his tendons and he might have torn some tendons in his ankle, but it. It's just odd, isn't it? Because they came out initially and said, oh, we might only miss two weeks. And we yeah. had Jeff on the podcast, and he was saying, you know, you were sort of timetabling, saying, do you ready? he'll be back for the Steelers game? And Jeff was saying, oh, I would hope so. And we were all thinking for a fact he'd be in London. Yeah, that's right. And, I, you know, five games to go, I, I don't think, unless he gets a contract extension, he's not playing for the end of the season. And at that point, it's like, well, how, how can you miss a, you know, what would it, 16 weeks of the season? Breaking plus? news. Breaking news. I'm going to say it until I get the tweet up. Breaking news. Breaking news. Guess what it is, Nathan? We've never had breaking news live, have we? No. Go on, guess what it is. Um, Dalton's starting next week. That's right. Banjo. There we go. So Dalton is back as a starter. I'm glad that Zach has made that decision, actually. I'm glad that Zach has swallowed his pride and gone back to Dalton I mean, because really, if you go back to Dalton, you've admitted that you've made a bit of a mistake. On well, that they were just, but at least yeah. you have seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so mission accomplished in that way, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I'm kind of glad because uh, from what you hear, uh, you know, he looked a bit shell shot yesterday, and you want the kid to, you know, you want the kid to use that as a learning experience, right? Because perhaps he can develop, you know. Yeah. Who knows? yeah. Right, we're going to end it, but we're not quite there. Uh, we've got one more thing to do, and that's. Uh, I think you've got to pop it on preach. Haven't you? Mm, yeah, so this is the segment where Nathan gets a spat off uh, for 30 seconds about a, a non-football subject. So, Nathan, are you ready? I'm ready. Papa Dom. Right, let's get the clock and your 30 seconds starts now. Mannequins. I don't like them, mate. There's something not right about them. I was walking through Ikea, through this shopping centre, and there's loads of them there, and they're like really these old school mannequins, like not even the new ones that you see sometimes, like really old ones with the funny eyes. There's something about them. They've got like a presence. They've got like a weird, spooky presence. They almost feel like they're there, but they're not there, and I just don't know whether they're even That's it. Time's up. That's a good one, mannequin. I thought you were going to go to another, for another food stuff again. Oh, mannequin. I like 
spook me you out. Have you seen the film Mannequin from the 80s? No, I ain't. No, where, no, a no. where a man falls in love with a mannequin <laughs> and she magically comes to life and they have sex. <laughs> Mate, it's one of your like. It's one of the Channel Four films that used to come on at like half no, eleven. No, with a little triangle on in the <laughs> in the corner. No, that is, uh, that had uh, Kim Cattrall in. No, no, not not heard of it. You should watch it. It's absolutely terrible. <laughs> I had a real crush on Kim Cattrall when I was growing up. Holy moly! There was another person that made me feel funny <laughs> things in my tummy, <laughs> in my areas. Uh, anyway, enough of that. <laughs> On that note, I just had a little bit of a moment there. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll have another. We'll be back next week. Rain or shine, win or lose. Um, uh, I think we've got another guest lined up for next week. But thank you. In the meantime, thank you very much to Icky Woods. Again, words I never thought I'd say in a in a sentence, uh, but I have, and I will again. Thank you to Icky Woods for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that little chat. With our Pro Bowl running back and the uh, the creator of the Icky Shuffle, a, a genuine Bengals legend. So, uh, yes, I think that about wraps things up. So, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation. <laughs>